0: Well, good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Greg at Ketha Heights Baptist Church, and um, coming to you this morning, we got uh, some coffee, we got some scripture this morning, and a few people have asked for us to do this, so we're going to try it for uh, the next little while with people being kind of in their homes, Um, just to come to you in the mornings with a little thought for the day and a time of prayer together. And uh, I was giving some thought to it and been praying about uh, what we should do and what, what kind of approach we should take. And uh, I, I was in college years ago, at Bible college, and one of my teachers uh, made a comment just in passing uh, one day in class. And I had grown up in a pastor's home, and of course, you know, a lot of people have heard... Uh, the plan, the Bible reading schedule of uh, reading one proverb a day uh, associated with the day of the month, and this uh, college professor made a statement that I'd never heard before, never thought of before, and he said, "If you'll read one Psalm a day, it'll change your life." And so, uh, a lot of people know what it's like going through college and uh, a lot of stress. At least at that time, you're young and you haven't grown as much and. Uh, Life just seems overwhelming sometimes <clears throat> Of course looking back now I almost wish I could go back to those times Because it's a lot less going on But uh, at least at that time It seemed like it was overwhelming And uh, so I took I took that challenge And I began to read one psalm a day And sure enough it changed my life What a, what a blessing it was And I uh, began to see God uh, For who he is and, you know, we live in a day where we've really lost our view of God that we, we have. And uh, we don't. We, we refer to Him as the man upstairs or uh, the good old boy. or so, I've heard different comments. And, folks, that's not at all the God that I serve. Uh, the God that I serve is the King of all kings. And He's the Lord of all lords. And uh, I believe that there is reverence due to Him. He certainly is worthy of it. And as you read the Psalms this just comes to light and uh, so in praying about what to do uh, we're going to take at least the next few uh, weeks or so here about eight 830ish eight or so in the morning between 8 15 830 uh, we'll come on and uh, have your coffee ready and uh, if you want to have your Bibles uh, you're welcome to have them available too but uh, I think we're going to probably just go through the Psalms just one chapter at a time and you uh, if we get uh, all, the, all the juice out of the orange, so to speak, on the chapter, we'll move on to the next chapter the next day. And uh, if we don't, uh, we'll, we'll pick up there next day and, and finish the chapter out. We'll just get as far as the Lord allows each day. But um, I want to encourage this. We, we live in a day where um, there's, there's a lot of superficial Christianity going on. Uh, We've gotten to the place where we, as God's people, don't handle His Word well. We handle it very casually, very carelessly. And uh, so I want to encourage you, as as we've got some time, to slow down for a little bit. And, you know, by by one way or the other, God has put us in a position where we are forced to slow down. And uh, a lot of us have time on our hands. You know, we're not able to go places. We're not able to do some of the things we used to do. And this is a great time to get back to the things of the Lord the way we ought to. So I want to encourage you in that. Spend some more time reading. Uh, Turn the computers off and the televisions off. And, uh, you know, we've already heard the news. We don't need to hear any more of it. Uh, We just ought to spend some time reading God's Word and getting into that. So I want to encourage you in that. Uh, This morning we're going to be in Psalm 1. And I want to bring out a few thoughts. I'm going to read through the chapter And uh, we'll bring a few thoughts to you this morning, we'll be fairly brief. Uh, Today's will probably be a little longer than the rest, just because I wanted to introduce what we're going to be doing and tell you a little bit about it. And um, most mornings will be probably between seven to ten minutes or so, something like that. Uh, But uh, we'll begin reading Psalm 1. The psalmist writes, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Uh, A lot of preachers have preached on this text, and a very famous passage of Scripture. Uh, I was reading uh, uh, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon wrote a whole volume on the Psalms, and I love reading uh, his Treasury of David. What an amazing mind the fellow had uh, in dealing with the Psalms. And he made this observation about the first chapter of Psalms. He said the first chapter of Psalms, it summarizes and puts into a nutshell the rest of the entire book as it shows God's opinion and God's view of, uh, of the righteous and those that are to be blessed. And then it serves also as a warning uh, to the wicked. And uh, throughout the Psalms, you'll find that theme underlying most all of the Psalms, the blessedness of the godly man. And the warning to those that would be ungodly. And we find nothing different here. It's a very short uh, synopsis of it. And while it's very brief in its in its length, uh, it certainly is, is very profound in its content. And uh, So I want to start with this. In verse number 1, uh, the Bible says blessed. I, I just want to stop on that word for a moment. And uh, it's interesting to me that uh, uh, this word blessed gives the idea, if you stop and think about it, about the blessed man. It's not speaking here of a man who receives one blessing one time, but a man who has a life that is full of blessing, God's hand of blessing upon him. Um, It's interesting that in the Beatitudes in Matthew, uh, God again begins all of those with, Blessed is the man, blessed is this one, blessed is that one. And the idea being that if we have these things in our life, if they're part of who we are on the inside, that we get the blessings of God, plural, not just one, not just a moment of blessing, but a lifetime of God's blessing. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, when I go through life, I would love to have God's blessings on me day by day. And, and it's amazing how many times we get to the end of the day and we don't realize all the blessings that God has given to us. Uh, we live in a free country. We have the Word of God in our own language. We have a house. We have a place to sleep. We have... Uh, vehicles to drive around in most of us have nice clothing that we can wear and uh, meals to eat i don't know very many of us that have missed very many meals but uh, what an amazing thing to have a blessed life from the lord jesus christ one of the great blessings of the christian life is the fact that he has chosen us he's called us he's given us the privilege to serve him with our lives and so what a joy that is. But he says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the sea of the scornful. He characterizes three different types of people here. The ungodly, which is the least in the progression of things here with regards to uh, those that would depart from God uh, in their their conduct, in their relationship. And I want to just point out that the ungodly and, and the sinners here that it speaks of are certainly not reserved to just those that are unsaved. But it is possible for a Christian to live an ungodly life. Uh, There's three types of people that the Bible describes. There's the natural man. Uh, The Bible says that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. And the natural man being a man who uh, is unsaved and does not know God as his Savior... And then there's the spiritual man. The spiritual man is spoken of by the Apostle Paul as the man who uh, walks not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. He's the one who uh, spends time submitting his will and is yielding himself to the Holy Spirit. And then there's the carnal man. The carnal man is a man who perhaps has been saved before, and even though he has been made free from the law of sin and death, he chooses willingly to continue to live under the bondage of sin. And so it is possible for a Christian to live a carnal life. It is possible for a Christian to be an ungodly person. So the blessed life doesn't just come to uh, uh, somebody who claims to be a Christian, but there must be additional things that we uh, are careful of in our lives that brings the blessing of God upon us. Uh, the fact that we are to abstain from those that are ungodly, those that would have an ungodly influence on us or detract from our hearts from the, uh, loving God as we should, those that stand in the way of sinners, uh, sinners are a little more bold in their, uh, their sinfulness. And uh, the truth is, we're all sinners. Uh, just some of us are saved by the grace of God. It doesn't mean that we're any better. We're not uh, arrogantly looking down our noses at those uh, that are involved in sin still, because by the grace of God, we would be there. But certainly there is there's something about this idea of abstaining and being away from and separating from those that are sinners in the area of our conduct in the area of our lifestyle and what the bible we would refer to as our conversation and then we have the scorners the scorners are those that are defiant to god they have had their consciences seared they've gotten cold to the things of sinning that there's no conscience involved in it these would be those that would perhaps be agnostic or atheistic in their viewpoints and so the blessed man is the man that uh, refrains from these things. He, he stays away from them. And, and we look at that and we say, okay, there are some things that we ought not to have in our lives. But then he goes on in verse number 2 to say, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in verse number 2, he addresses things we ought to have in our lives, things that ought to be part of us. It's interesting to note that the psalmist knew what it was to delight in the law of the Lord. If you've never taken time to read all of the chapter, or all of the 119th Psalm, if you will, uh, what an amazing, amazing chapter of Psalms—a psalm that uh, the psalmist had penned regarding the Word of God. And all throughout the, the Psalm 119, you see the, the the psalmist's heart for the for the Word of God. And oh, I wish we could have a revival of that in our lives to to cherish this book, to delight in it, and then to think this thought. And I I'd never really thought of this. I was reading some things about the Psalms uh, and uh, getting things ready for this morning to talk with you. And I came across one fella that had written, I wish I could remember his name, I can't remember his name, but he had written this about it. He said, it's interesting that the delight that the psalmist had in God's Word was, uh, was pointed to the fact that he probably only had uh, the first five books of the Bible at that time. Maybe Maybe a little bit of Old Testament prophets, uh, before that, but, but uh, probably just the books of Moses is all that the psalmist had. And yet he delighted in it. It was the joy of his heart. And I think, boy, now if there's anybody that ought to have more reason to rejoice in having the pure Word of God and, and in, in its entirety, the full revelation, it ought to be you and I to delight in God's Word. Boy, what a joy to hold in our hands the Word of God. To know that we have exactly what He has intended for us. Years ago when I was in college, I took my Bible and uh, at the beginning of uh, Genesis I wrote Dear Greg in front of it. And then I turned to Revelation 22 and went to the very end of it and I wrote Your Loving Heavenly Father. And the reason I did that is I never wanted to come to Scripture without realizing that this was written for me, from God to me. And by the way, it's written from God to you. And we ought to delight in it. When I talk about how carelessly sometimes we handle God's Word, uh, we many times don't, don't give it the importance, we don't give it the reverence. And uh, pardon me, but when I get excited about things, sometimes I, it leaks out my eyes. I don't, I'm not a shouter, I'm a crier. And I'll tell you, I love God's Word. I love the fact that He's given us His Word. But the Bible says here that His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in this law doth He meditate day and night. What an amazing thought if we could get to the place where we would saturate ourselves. Psalm 119 in verses 9 through 11 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart. Have I sought thee? Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. When we delight in God's word and we have a desire to meditate on it day and night, what a joy it becomes. I mean, it becomes fountains of pure water. It becomes the thing that nourishes us. And we find that as we get to verse number 3. It says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. We have the nourishment that God gives to us through His Word that bringeth forth His fruit in His season. And I wrote a couple of notes down here so I wouldn't forget. But I, I, as I was thinking about the tree, we find in verses three, or verse number 3 that this is a tree that's planted. It's there on purpose. God put them there on purpose. And by the way, God has a plan for your life. It didn't happen by accident. And uh, we're not in these circumstances today. Uh, that we're facing here in America and around the world by accident. God has put us here for such a time as this. We're planted here. I want you to notice also that the tree is nourished. The Bible says that he shall be a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. God takes care of nourishing his children. In reading Psalm 23, the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And he talks about how that there's a, a, a directing of the of God himself to, to bring that nourishment, to bring us beside the places that are beneficial to us, that are a blessing to us, that will help us to sink our roots deep and help us to grow in the Christian life. And then I want you to notice that the tree is fruitful. And we ought to be a fruitful tree. And it's not something that we... We work at and labor for. it's something that if we're getting enough nourishment, ought to happen naturally. It ought to be the natural thing for a Christian to produce fruit, uh, if we're getting enough nourishment. If we're not getting enough nourishment, then we can't even hardly stay alive, much less bear fruit. And then the Bible says not only that, but it says that he will bring forth fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither. And I will say this: that the tree is sustained by God, isn't it? I'm thankful. That day by day, God sustains us. You know, if it was not for God's mercies, it was said in, I believe, the Book of Lamentations. I'm not sure that the passage. I apologize. I may I should have looked it up before I got here. But it said that it, it, it gives the idea that if it were not for God's mercies, we would be consumed every day. The fact that God gives us His mercy every day. Is an amazing thing. He sustains us as a tree. And then I want you to notice he brings success to the tree. He says, Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And this is the blessed man. These are the blessings that God brings into the life of, of a Christian who, uh, who follows the directions of, of verses 1 and 2 in this chapter. He goes on to say, The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. And it's interesting that I've heard a lot of messages on the chaff But, you know, the chaff uh, is part of the wheat and actually is close to the wheat and uh, gets a lot of the benefits that the wheat gets. It gets uh, some nourishment from the stalk. It uh, travels with the wheat. In fact, it's stored many times in the bins, uh, uh, some of the grain bins and things, uh, before they thresh it and the storage places where they hold it until threshing uh, time. Uh, The chaff is there. But then there comes a time where there's a separation between the chaff and the wheat, and I believe that's what the psalmist is speaking of here, is the difference between the end of the wheat and the end of the chaff. And one of, we're, all of us are going to spend uh, eternity one place or another. We're either going to spend eternity in heaven by the grace of God and from His free gift that He gives to us, or we're going to choose to reject God's gift of eternal life, and we're going to be separated, and uh, we're going to be blown around. And so this chaff the Bible speaks of here, Uh, is associated uh, to the ungodly. And I want you to understand this, that uh, while we've talked about separation at the judgment, when God begins to judge those that are saved and those that are not saved, I want you to notice that verse number 4 is not necessarily dealing with the topic of salvation because he deals here with the term ungodly. Again, going back to verse number 1, the ungodly were the least of the three that were mentioned in verse number 1. The ungodly... The sinners and the scorners and the scornful, and uh, so we find in verse number four that this could possibly refer to Christians that are living an ungodly life, and that they will be as the chaff that the wind driveth away. And I think that we find a contrast here between verse number three and four of a tree that is planted and a chaff that is blown away with every wind of doctrine. It's interesting to me. That in verse number 2, and I'll just say this and we're going to probably wrap up for the day. In verse number 2, the Bible says that his delight, this blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. I want to speak on this word delight for a moment because it it sheds some light on verse number 4. Here we have a a contrast between the, the godly man, the blessed man who is planted by the rivers of water and the ungodly that are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. What makes the difference between the two? The difference between the two is their will. Have they given their will to the Lord and, and given it to Him and said, Lord, I want not my will but Thy will. Or have they kept it selfishly to themselves and said, I want my will. I believe the key to it is found in verse number 2 when it speaks about the delight of this man's heart. And I thought about this and and I don't know, uh, claim to know all of Uh, the theology behind uh, this, this phrase, delight. But I do know this, that our will is affected by what we delight in. If we delight in the things of this world, if we delight in the flesh, if that's what we feed, if that's what we nurture in our lives, that's where our delight is, then we will have a very selfish will. If we can get to the place where we delight in the things of God, we delight in His Word, we delight in Him, then our will will be yielded and given to Him. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians chapter number 3, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Because Paul understood this, that where our affection is, uh, that will determine our will. That's where our heart will be. And that's what the Bible teaches. In fact, even Jesus spoke of that, didn't He? And he says where your treasure is, there or where your heart is... Uh, where your treasures, there will your heart be also, and laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The idea being that we, our, our will is affected by our delight, the things that we love. So, so isn't it important the things that we allow to to uh, come into our lives that we delight in? Uh, does it matter if we delight in the things of the world? The Bible says, "Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world." Why? Because God knows that that will affect our will, that will affect our choice between being a tree that's planted or being a chaff that is blown away by the wind. It's very, very important where our delight, where our affection lies. If our heart is, is tend, tends to worldliness, and by the way, the flesh nature always tends to worldliness. If our heart tends to worldliness, then we need to get to the place where we come to God and say, Lord, change my heart. Search me, O God. Try me and uh, help us to have the right kind of a heart. And so just a few thoughts. I hope they will be a help to you. Things to think about from Psalm 1. There's a lot in there. I wish we had more time on this particular psalm, and we may take a little bit of time tomorrow to uh, point a few more things out in. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface, really, of Psalm 1. Uh, So rich and so well. So anyway, I hope that will be a help to you. Uh, Just some thoughts to start your day. Uh, to try to be the blessed person today. And it um, took a little bit longer than I wanted to, perhaps, on this morning, but we'll get better at that as we go along. Uh, I want to take a few moments to have a prayer, uh, some prayer time together. And uh, there are several people that I want you to keep in mind and keep praying for, if you would. And then, Lord willing, here in the next few days with our uh, streaming system, we've got the opportunity to uh, set up for you guys to respond and uh, let us know while we're doing the broadcast uh, prayer requests, perhaps, that you have, and you can list those for us. Um, if you'll list them today on the live stream, we'll mention them tomorrow. I'll try to get through and find all of them uh, in the comments, and uh, we'll mention those tomorrow. Uh, but we're going to try to set it up to where, uh, here in a few days, we can, uh, you can type it in while we're streaming and have your prayer requests mentioned uh, so we can be praying together. But several people to be praying about uh, in our church, uh, and I know some of you will be listening probably out of the area and may not know these people, but if you could put them on your prayer list, it would be wonderful. But uh, Miss June Boland, who is our organ player here at the church, uh, has been diagnosed with uh, uh, cancer, stage 4 cancer. And uh, so pray for her as she undergoes con- uh, treatment and uh, she's been last time i talked with her she was uh, very tired very weary from the chemotherapy treatments so pray for her pray for a lady named linda craig in our church also uh struggling with some issues with her lungs and uh a thing that causes her immune system to be very very low during this time and so keep her in prayer we have a fellow by the name bob schwabert who uh, is under hospice care and uh will probably soon be going to heaven and we uh, he's ready to go. And, and we've, I've talked with him, and we've been praying for the family. And uh, so pray for Brother Bob Schwabert and uh, for God's grace and comfort during this time with him and his family. And uh, continue to pray for my sister, Leanne Britton. Uh, we're uh, hoping to hear some results back on some tests uh, that have us concerned as a family for her. And uh, so pray for her, if you will. And uh, then uh, uh, Miss Sarah Harris in our church also. Uh, had uh, some issues with her heart last week and had to have uh, her heart shocked to, to kind of get it all back together again and uh, get it uh, pumping the right way and not fighting itself. And uh, things have gone well, according to Brother Jess, so continue to pray uh, for Sarah, if you will, Sarah uh, Harris, and uh, then also for Laverne Payne. Uh, she fell several weeks ago and broke part of her hip, had to have a partial hip replacement and uh, then after that, while she was recovering, had some heart issues, had to go to the hospital. And she is at home resting now and doing better, uh, but she's probably at a point where she won't be able to live by herself anymore, and so continue to pray for her. And uh, her and her family have some things to decide on and pray about, and so pray for God's guidance there and wisdom. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, then we'll be done here in just a few moments. Father, we come to you, and we're thankful that you hear us. Lord, what a miracle that you hear our prayers. We're thankful that you're a God that we can come to with our burdens, even though you already know what our, our burdens are. You've given us the great privilege to come to you and to mention them and to lay them before your feet and to know that you will answer our prayers. Lord, what a miracle, what a privilege. I pray that you would help us to never get over the fact that you've taken that kind of an interest in us even though we are sinners and even though we fail you, the fact that you allow us to come to you and call you our Father, to know that you deal with us as your dear children. Now, Lord, we come to you and we ask for these requests that we have mentioned this morning. Lord, have your hand upon those that need physical healing. We pray that you will have your hand of comfort on those families that are going through very trying times right now, those that are losing loved ones, several in our church recently that have lost loved ones or friends of our church that have lost loved ones. And, Lord, that your comfort would be very near to them. Lord, those of us that are here praying this morning, I think would all be in agreement that if we were in that situation, if we had these physical problems, if we had these issues that we were dealing with, That, Lord, we would want somebody who knew how to pray, to pray fervently on our behalf, to seek for your will and your guidance in our lives. And so, Lord, this morning we pray on these folks' behalf, the prayer of faith. We want to pray with earnestness and with the heart that is burdened for them, that we can share their burden, that we can help lift them up. Lord, may you help us to be a help and encouragement to them along the way. And then, Lord, I pray that you would draw near to those that are listening this morning and that it would be a help and encouragement to them to have these moments together in the morning time, uh, that we would uh, begin our day thinking of you and spending time with you. And, Lord, may I pray that not be a substitute for our personal walk with you, but that it would be something that would be in addition to that would be helpful. We pray now that you'll bless us throughout this day that we'll accomplish all that you would want us to do, that we may be a a testimony to you and do all that you would have us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.